Hello, and welcome to Executive Insider. My name is JT O'Donnell, and I'm the founder and CEO of Work It Daily, the number one online career growth club. I'm helping 1 million people grow their careers, and that includes executives just like you. I coach a community of executives inside Work It Daily, where we talk about what it means to be an executive, how we can build our executive networks, and how we can take our executive careers to the next level. So get ready. We're about to share content only an executive insider can bring to the table. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Executive Insider. My name is JT O'Donnell, and today we are going to be talking to consumer packaged goods executive Lisa Perry, specifically on the concept of managing through chaos, which is very timely right now. So I'm so excited to have Lisa on the show. This is the show that gives you answers. We're talking to the best and brightest out there about the practical advice that they can give from firsthand experience. So with that in mind, I want to be able to bring Lisa right up on here. Hey, Lisa. Hi, good morning, JT. It's so good to have you here. So listen, consumer packaged goods, becoming an executive and an expert in that, what's the journey there? How did you get there? Well, I loved understanding consumer behavior and connecting the dots and how that translated to driving products. And so I started working for consumer packaged goods company like Coca-Cola and ConAgra and just started my journey that way. It was fabulous. And I love working for companies like that. Oh, that's amazing. So when you think about this idea of of chaos, right? Because that's what we want to talk about today. You wrote this incredible article for our site and folks, we're going to link to that so that you can check it out. And one of the things that was really interesting to me was that you mentioned the fact that you were a latchkey kid and that this somehow actually played a role in your decision-making as a business leader. So I'm with you. I was a latchkey kid, right? The MTV generation. Talk us through that a little bit. So there were four key things that really drove my decision making. The first thing was quickly making decisions and learning to live with those decisions and learning to learn from those decisions. The next thing was being thick-skinned and having to learn from that. You know, when I was a latchkey kid, there weren't that many parents who would allow their kids to play with me since there was no parents at home with me. So I learned quickly to develop that thick skin and that helped me in the business world to make decisions and take criticism pretty well. The third thing was being creative. Not only was I a latchkey kid, I was no only child. So boredom set in pretty quickly. And so that uh, creativity helped me in terms of problem solving and developing business strategies and driving team engagement. And the last thing was, as a latchkey kid, I was dealing with many crises and chaotic situations, probably self-inflicted, but that helped me as a business leader in terms of uh, a sense of calmness and leading through chaotic situations. I love that. And I think the fact that you can look back in your life and take those things and apply them is huge, right? I think that's part of the reason that we as executives excel because we do take the time to reflect and figure out what happened in our childhood and how we can use it to our advantage. So let's move into this concept though of chaos, because there are always, I think, telltale signs that there's some chaotic, you know, stuff going down in an organization, but I'm not sure that everybody really dials into that. So what would you tell leaders to watch for? What are the warning signs? Well, there are a number of warning signs, but some of the top ones are 
the inability for companies to be focused, high stress among employees, and loss of customers. Those are the really key ones that people should watch out for. Today, a lot of companies are dealing with market shifts, reorganization, and mergers and acquisitions. I can give you an example that I went through just recently with a company I worked for. We were over the weekend acquired and nobody in the company knew, including the president. And so come Monday, we had to do a complete shift of our whole business approach dealing with the acquiring company and doing a whole new mode of operation. And as you look at the market shift that's going on today, companies are having to you know, completely deal with work from home. And some companies are prepared for that because they've been doing it. But other companies aren't prepared for that at all. And it's a complete shift from what they're doing. And other companies are having to completely look at how they're approaching their consumers in a different way. And it's causing a lot of stress on their organizations. And leaders are having to now step up. And it's in a good way to manage through this stress and chaos on their organizations. Yeah, I love that you gave those examples because it feels like so many people are going full throttle in one direction and it's literally every business has been thrown off its rails, right? Right. And told go in a different direction. Well, when you're going that fast, I mean, you're right, immediate chaos. You've just slammed on the brakes. It's incredible. And I don't think there's an executive out there right now that isn't feeling some form of chaos from what's going on right now. But the question is, do they have the ability to handle it, you know, which is so right. scary. Right. So one of the ways that you've handled it, and I loved it in the example in the article that you wrote for us, is this concept of ruthless prioritizing. I thought that was great. But I think that's a huge challenge for companies. The bigger they get, the harder that then becomes. So talk us through ruthless prioritizing. What is it and how does an organization, especially like a larger organization, try to make that happen? Well, it's one of the biggest issues right now that companies face. And companies want to do everything. There's a lack of prioritization and focus. And it's one of the most important things for companies to do right now in this time of chaos. If they look at the big picture, right, there are two to three things that companies should be focusing in on in terms of accomplishing over a specific time period, say two to five years. And then there are priorities that they need to look at in order to accomplish for their long-term vision. And then, of course, you want to be able to measure the work that you're doing in order to show progress. Those are the key things that companies should be looking at right now. I love that. And I just want to ask you a follow-up question there, because it sounds to me like what you're saying is it's not just about prioritizing for the business, right? So that you can get focused, but also for the people. Am I right? Like dialing them in just on a few things as opposed to many, because you're right, that two to five year vision is huge and there's going to be a million steps to get there, but you're pulling it in and kind of getting everyone, especially the team to take a breath and make things feel more manageable. Does that sound right? It's the priorities, right? What do you want to accomplish, right? And get done. And how are you going to measure that? There's so much noise coming at people right now mm -hmm. that you really want to get focused and get people moving forward in the same direction. Yeah, it totally makes sense to me. So key right now. I think everyone's just looking for something to feel. I know they're not going to say normal, but just a little less chaotic, like you said. That's huge. Yeah. So let's talk about that. How do you encourage team alignment? So you're saying, okay, we've got to prioritize. We've got to get into this, but now I need everybody on the same page. Well, we know that can be a challenge. You're going to have those fringe people. You're going to people that, oh, their idea wasn't picked, whatever. How do you get everybody on the same page? Right. So setting goals and expectations, not just for the team, but also for individuals. And I'm going to 
hammer this, but prioritization is key. Again, so much noise is coming at people that prioritization is going to be key. And then supporting the decision-making process is also important. Giving tools that, that people need in order to make those decisions and supporting and for people to be able to make and act upon those decisions is going to be key. Now, the challenge is that if people are still resistant then I think you need to sit down and have a serious conversation to say, hey, here's where the company's going. Here's the business strategy. And here's our expectation of you. And sometimes what happens is people come on board for a specific reason for the company. And when a company makes a big shift, they can't align with that new strategy. And that's okay. You know, sometimes you just need to separate and it's perfectly fine, but you have to have those serious conversations. So here's a radical question for you. How are you supposed to know the best way to design a career that suits your unique needs? Few of us were ever exposed to useful advice to help us make good career decisions. In the past, only pro athletes and wealthy CEOs could afford career coaching. Work It Daily was designed to disrupt the career coaching industry. We provide 24-7 access to career coaches for less than the cost of a gym membership. Like most professionals, you've likely struggled at some point to find a job or grow your career in a way that makes you feel happy and satisfied. Work It Daily can help you make sense of what to do next in your career. Career planning can feel daunting and lonely, but it doesn't have to be that way. Work It Daily will provide you with the structure and answers you need to take action and get the positive results you're looking for from your efforts. Because we know you have better things to do than stress about your job search or career growth strategy. You'll find us online at workitdaily.com or in your phone app store. That's Work It Daily. W-O-R-K-I-T-D-A-I-L-Y dot com. Visit to learn more or sign up today and get started with our career coaches immediately. I love that about you because you're respecting the fact that they made a decision to join, right? As opposed to, I think it's very old school for people to say, just get in line, you know, hey, if we're changing direction, follow into it. I think you're saying, look, I respect you. You came on with one set of goals. We've shifted priorities if this isn't right for you to move on, but this is the direction. So it's totally your choice, but we either need you to row this way or find something else, right? Right, completely. And it's just having that honest conversation because sometimes people have been there for quite a long time in a company and it's just a complete shift in where a company's going. Yeah, that's a big one. I think if somebody's been there for a long time and then the chaos sets in, that they can be pretty resistant to change. Like you said, it's just uncomfortable. So you talked about tools. You talked about empowering your people. So talk to us about project management tools. Like, What do you recommend? What do you think is recognized as good options when you're trying to develop organizational collaboration so that you can improve the productivity? Well, there's so many out there, but a number of key ones are, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard of these, but you know, there's Asana, there's Basecamp, SharePoint, Trello. The great thing is that they can cost as low as $5 per month, up to $200 per month, depending on the number of users and the type of package that you get. But there are also ones out there that are readily available to people like Excel that you're already using for project management. And then for collaboration type of packages for transparency, there's Google Drive that's also readily available. So you just want to make sure that when you're looking at project management tools, that you're looking at those collaboration type of tools that are available. And like I said, there's low cost ones that are really available to you and ones that are more complex. So lots out there for people to choose. I love that you're saying, look, you need the tools. The tools are the key to keeping everyone on track and delivering on that focus that you've been talking about. 
And right now, what's key is that as people are working from home, and for those organizations that aren't used to working from home, having that transparency and collaboration is going to be key in terms of document sharing. I totally agree. So in this article that you wrote, you talked about three things for driving change, specifically providing impactful leadership, improving business processes, and developing a strategy. So is that only in chaotic business decisions? Do you feel like that only works well in those situations? Is that a universal principle? What do you think? Well, no. I mean, clearly, you'll want to be able to use these ongoing because they're great tools to have. But in times of chaos, they're so critical because companies are being pulled in a hundred different directions. If you take what's going on right now with the coronavirus, right? You know, having a strategy for the next 30 days so that companies can stay focused and not listen to all this noise and have a 30-day strategy where every employee is drumming to the same beat is going to be critical. And then as I just mentioned, having tools that people can share on at home documents and, you know, be able to access in a place where everybody can see is going to be critical. So those kinds of things are critical during this time, but ongoing, of course, you know, this is going to help every company going forward. I totally agree with you. All right. Well, we want to take a bunch of questions. I don't want to be the one that monopolizes all of the questions here. First of all, comments from Thomas. He's saying, I really like your comment on ruthless prioritization, but how have you managed to manage up to the CEO and leadership team? Often you get nods of agreement, but not real commitment. Oh, I totally agree with that. So let's talk about that a little bit. How do you get upper management to actually do the ruthless prioritization versus, you know, they say it and then a week later they come in and they want to do something new. Yeah, completely, Thomas. I agree with you 100%. I've run into this so many times. And the issue is to show what happens when you don't have the prioritization, showing that the team is going in 100 different directions, that they're being pulled you know, constantly in all these different directions, and that if we don't have the prioritization, we're not going to get the results that's required. And I've shown that in many different directions to show that we're not getting the results. Here's what's happening. And that's been pretty effective in what I've done. So that's one way that you can do that. I've done it over and over in the businesses that I've led is just showing how we're not getting results for senior leadership. Such a good point. So we have another question from Bill. Bill says, what do you do when the anxiety and stress level is in high gear because people feel they're not seeing the results fast enough from the prioritization? Yeah. So I think you've got to get some small wins and that's really important. Being able to make sure that you've got a plan in place and being able to get something, just one thing, whatever the objective is, making sure that it can be a quick hit. That's going to be key so that the team feels like they're getting some victory. Even if it's low hanging fruit, get something out there that you can get to be able to say, hey, we've got some victory here. That's key to get to momentum going with your team. The wins are sort of a way to get that energy, that momentum. And that leads to another question that I have, which is when you talk about executive presence in a time of chaos, do you think there's a certain style that's predominant that maybe isn't necessary, say in good thriving times? Is there a style or an approach that you think works better in chaotic times? I think, you know, having a leader that is compassionate and listening, but also can be sure that they've got like a vision going forward and driving works. I've seen that be effective. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think the energy level has to be there, right? It's too calm and there's not enough of a sense of urgency too high and you're feeding into that anxiety and that chaotic state, right? It's got to be somewhere in the middle. I completely agree. So the ones that can listen to everything that's going on in the company, the ones that can share the compassion, but also have that drive to say, here's where we're going. Here's the focus and we're going to get through this really are effective. That's awesome. All right. So Ellen is asking, can you share a time where you really saw the results from going from chaos to calmer and kind of put this all in context, I think is what she's asking. Sure. I recently worked at a cannabis company where cannabis industry has been a chaotic state in terms of trying to get to market with federal challenges and startup company mode and all of the restrictions that's been placed on it. And this particular company didn't have any direction from the leadership and, you know, coming into this company, and it's part of what I wrote in this article, but coming into this company, really helping management understand that we needed to put some priorities in place and get a focus of what we were doing. And that was very challenging. And I think somebody mentioned already is how do you get management to get focus? And so I worked very hard with management to say, what are the five things that we're going to do going forward? And to get my team rallied and supported, there was low morale in the team. Most wanted to quit. So really needed to get the team focused and get them responsibilities that they would be supportive and happy about what they were doing. And then really drive and get those quick wins. So we got really quick wins. So the team morale was up. They felt responsible for their work. We got the priorities that aligned with the leadership. And so that started to really turn things around. So Marilyn has a fascinating question. She said, I've been in several organizations where the chaos creeped up on us. I think that's interesting. What can you do to better avoid chaos creep? (laughs) So I've actually seen that too, right? So a company seems to be doing fine and it's not suddenly this massive thing that throws them into chaos. It's just somehow things spool out of control. Have you ever seen that? And what advice do you have in those situations? I have seen it. And again, it goes back to priorities. And I can harp on this all the time. It's the priorities and communication. So I think you've got to come back to what are our priorities? What are our plans? What are our strategies? And have we lost the focus? And I said, companies have a lack of priorities and focus. And you've got to get back to that. It's so key in terms of driving companies and where they're going. And lots of noise coming at. That's what happens with companies companies. They lose that. And then it's the creep that comes up, the creep, and you're just going in a hundred different directions. So if you can really say, what are we doing? Where's our focus? And then that noise shouldn't be happening. Evan's got a great question. Do you look for a different type of person when you're hiring in order to bring chaos into alignment? It's true. Cause a lot of times when there's chaos, you're probably doing some new kind of hiring. Do you profile differently? Do you look for certain things in candidates at that point? Yeah, I like to see candidates who can really stay focused, who can help collaborate and communicate effectively and not be bogged down and pulled in a lot of different directions. So those are the candidates that I really like to see, not pleasers. I don't want to see pleasers. I really want people that are focused and can drive the agenda. 
That makes sense. That's true. Charles is asking a question similar to that around what do you do to help build up the team in terms of their, you know, their kind of like tribal element and their feeling they're trusting one another during times of chaos? Because that's true. I think you see trust start to fall apart when a company's in chaos. So how do you rebuild that team spirit and that team trust? I think it takes a lot of communication and a lot of connecting and team meetings and communicating and making sure that everybody knows their roles, everybody knows their responsibilities, and that you're communicating on a personal level and making sure that there's a connection so that you're all working together and you've got some kind of a bond so that they feel that there's a purpose, that they know what they're doing and that they feel connected. I felt that that has worked in terms of people wanting to come in and feeling that they've got a job and that they know their roles, they know their responsibilities and they want to do the job. They feel connected to the company. I love that. Chris is, I'm going to paraphrase a bit because it's long, but Chris has an interesting question. Essentially, he says two times now he's joined organizations where he got in there and they said they had chaos and they were looking to make change and get everything organized. And then that didn't turn out to be the case. Is there a way to, in the interview process spot when a company is saying they want to bring chaos under control, but they're not really ready? Yeah, that's a tough one. That's Um, a tough one. Yeah. You know, because you got to make sure you're talking to the right people, right? You know, it starts at the top and organizations really need to want to change. And it starts with the leaders. You really want to drive that change and work with those leaders to be able to do that. So it depends on who you're talking with in the interview process to be able to find that out. I mean, you can ask those questions in terms of what are your priorities, where's your focus and those kinds of things. But if it's not coming from the top and working there, you've kind of got to disconnect. Oh yeah. It's so tough too, right? Because they're not always going to be forthcoming, right? right? There can be that bait and switch situation as well which is really, really hard. I have a follow-up question on that though. What do you do when you get in there and you realize it can't be saved? You get in there, you you did your due diligence, you think you've got a shot, but you get in there and you're several months in and you realize now this isn't going to fly. What do you do? Well, I think, you know, if you've tried all that you can, right, to work with the leaders and going up to the senior executive leaders and try to do the priorities and try and get focused and try to put a plan together and communicate and the organization is just not ready to make that change. You know, if the leaders are just saying, no, they're resistant to that, I don't think there's much that you can do. If you're really trying to be that leader and make that change, but the top is not doing it, you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. And I think at that point, you're probably looking for a new job, right? But you're doing that really tactfully. I think it happens. I've noticed just it's a high stakes game at the executive level, right? The higher up we go, just trying to find that fit. I've noticed overall, it's become in some ways a lot more of a gig economy for executives. We go in, we do our thing for a couple of years and then things change and we move someplace else. I don't know if you're seeing that as well. I think when you work with chaos, that's a little bit that comes with the territory, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I think you could make an impact in your area, but if the leaders at the top aren't willing to change, there's not much you could do for the overall culture. I think you could make an impact in your area. It's so true. Thomas has another question, which I love, which is, do you see a cultural impact on this? Like international companies, for example, it seems some cultures find their value in chaos and firefighting. That's a good point. Some cultures almost think they thrive in it, so to speak. 
Yeah, and definitely there is, but I think you could still manage through that chaos, right? I still think you can put priorities in place and still put a plan, even when there's the chaos, you can still try and manage through that. I mean, I've had companies like that who like to live on the edge, right? But you can still try and help leaders put some priorities through that. Let's live on the edge. It's funny because I almost think that somebody like you who does this regularly, that's almost becomes a almost a high performing culture that's ready to take those risks because they feel like they have the structure in place. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Okay. Well, this has been amazing. We always give you what's called the last word. So any final thoughts and things for people to keep in mind? Well, I think this is just a fabulous time to keep in mind that we're in this huge market shift going on, that there's so much opportunities for managers to step up and really take these skill sets and be able to thrive. So I hope it was helpful and please reach out with any questions. Speaking of that, can you tell everybody where can they find you? Where should they hunt you down? On LinkedIn. I'm available on LinkedIn and you can also reach me on my email at perry, P-E-R-R-Y-L-L-I-S-A at Gmail. Perfect. We'll make sure that both of those are in the links for you as well, team. All right. Well, this is another episode of Executive Insider in the Books. Lisa, thank you again for stopping by. Thanks everyone for listening. And as we always tell you when it comes to executive leadership, if you want to win, you got to work it daily. So make sure you come back and listen to us next time. All right. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Executive Insider. If you want to learn more about Work It Daily and how we can help you with your career or job search, visit workitdaily.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribed and left us a five-star review. Don't forget to check out workitdaily.com slash podcast to get access to the resources and links mentioned in today's episode. Those can be found in the show notes. Again, thanks for listening. And I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode of Executive Insider.